Hey, it's Garbage Brain University. I'm Dirt Toothpaste. I'm Natalie D. Today, we're talking... Axolotls. These little guys. Yeah, yeah, little guys. Small guys. You don't seem like you like them. I think they're cool. They seem to be like side characters. They're like spin-off animals. They're not like major players in the animals. Like, I don't think about them very much. You don't feel like they're fully... No sloth, I'll say that. <laughs> yeah. You don't feel like they occupy a full character class. Right, right. And I feel like they have an outsized fan base for how present they are like in day-to-day -day life. I think there's just basically one of them. Mm -hmm. I'm not counting the Pokemon. It has a very Pokemon vibe to me also. I think there's just one kind of axolotl. It's just like a subspecies. Right. And there's like, they're not all over the place. They're just like, aren't they just in Mexico? Their native habitat is, uh, so Mexico City's like up on a hill. It's pretty high in uh -huh. altitude. Uh -huh. And there's some lakes up there where they natively lived. Mm -hmm. And uh, as Mexico City expanded, they basically got crowded out. And there's very few left in that area. Right. But there's some key features of that like biome that that uniquely suit the axolotl it doesn't get super hot and it it i mean it gets pretty cold at night because of the elevation right, and everything right even though it's pretty far south i mean mexico city is not near the u.s border no it's not uh-uh and so it's pretty far south but it's at a high elevation and so there's some characteristics of you know their habitats and they're aquatic they're fully mm -hmm. aquatic mm -hmm. but before we get any further i know what they are but natalie what is an axolotl? An axolotl is a salamander closely related to the tiger salamander, and it is named after the Aztec deity Zolotl. That makes sense. And Zolotl transformed himself into an axolotl. It's all coming back. Yeah. Full circle. Full circle. And then they named it after him. That would be like if there was a guy who turned himself into a bull, and his name was Ol. <laughs> And you're like, that guy be old. <laughs> yeah, and then he named it. <laughs> hey, that looks like a zolotl. That looks like a zol I just turned into that. That's an axolotl. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we need to read this story about the axolotl. We'll report back next episode. <laughs> if you know the the lore of the Aztec god Zolotl. Shout out in the Discord. Of course, if you're not a Discord member, sorry for your loss. It's patreon.com slash garbagebrainuniversity and you can get right in there. Tell us all about it. Right, right. <laughs> so the big thing with axolotls is that they are the only amphibian that will reach adulthood without undergoing metamorphosis. This is a headline to me because I wasn't aware that amphibians went through metamorphosis. Frogs do. Do all of them? I, I mean, that's implied, yeah. See, I didn't know they were just a type of salamander. I thought for sure they were... Their own guy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They're just a screwed up salamander. It's yeah, just that's that Mexico what... City somehow screwed up their salamanders and then they thought they got their own name. <laughs> Well, I got to tell you, if I walked down to the swamp here and I saw a special kind of frog that had a little fanned out antennas and it was smiling at me, I'd be like, man, there's some weird shit happening down here. <laughs> right, right. They got some weird little guys. <laughs> he is a weird little guy, too. I kind of, 
I think that also plays into my feelings with them is that I think salamanders are kind of, kind of gross and I was not aware that axolotls were actually just salamanders and now it all comes together. Like that's why I, I don't really, I think they're kind of gross a little bit. Like you know they're wet. I don't think they live on land. Right. I, I'm not a fan of wet guys. Like if I'm going to have a little friend and I pet him, I want him to be like, oh, he's so cute. He's so nice. Not like, oh, he's so wet. Well, you, that's just the thing. That's why... You know, I respect all plant and animal life, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's important being a person on the earth to have respect for all plants and animals. And I think, like, salamanders and stuff are fine, but I'm going to keep it 100 with you. I don't even touch frogs. I don't... <laughs> you know what? I love plants. You know, the most interaction I get with plants is if they grow food on them that I know is edible, I'll pull the food off. You know, you can love and respect something without touching it. Newsflash. Like, nature doesn't want you to go touch it. Exactly. (laughs) So as far as petting a salamander, I'm never going to touch a salamander. You know, and they always do the thing at the zoo. I'll tell you the only time when I've ever touched animals. I just don't want to. I don't get anything out of touching stuff. And in fact, I don't like to touch stuff. I'm going to, again, I'm going to keep it 200 with you. Uh, I don't like to touch stuff at all. It's I not like necessary. Touching, I only like touching stuff that's furry. If it's not furry, then it's fine. You can touch it yourself. I don't have to. Like, Nona sent me some picture of some hairless cat recently. You know, I am comfortable enough with you as my podcast audience to admit to you that I find hairless cats disgusting. I find them gross. When I see them, it looks like a cat that has something terribly wrong with it. And I imagine that having one sit on your lap and then petting on it would feel like you were petting a penis. skin kind of loose it's just like loose like like a big nut sack it's like loose skin and there's like no fur on the skin and it's just like petting a nut <laughs> i think they're disgusting and so i was trying to explain to Nona, and i told her the things like it's like touching a dick i told her the whole business and i was like i'm not into it send me some different cat <laughs> I'm going to need you to send me at least two different cats to scroll that one off. Right. You need to scroll that cat out of my vision. I think there's something important that not everybody appreciates where I feel like it is fair game to send people stuff, but then it's just sitting there on your screen. It's just sitting there on the corner of your screen under your browser. I think you can send me anything you want. If you're my friend or my family member, you could send me anything. But if I get tired of looking at something, I think it's fair to tell you, send me two cool things to scroll that off. Just send me <laughs> two any frogs. Just pick, pick two frogs that you like and send them to me. So then underneath my browser, anytime I I move my browser window or I go to look at something or I go to text somebody, I just see two frogs instead of whatever shit you sent me. Right, right. I don't tend to send people stuff that's like questionable. Like if it's really gross, I'll be like, I'm not going to send it to you. Yeah, I like, think... Like what was I reading about today? I was reading about that thing where they replace your eye with a tooth and so you can see through the tooth, that, that operation, and you and Nona were like, oh, let me see. And I was like, you guys don't need to see. <laughs> it's not important to the conversation to see, but it's amazing science and it's gross to think about. 
Well, what was it? It was something where uh, if you lose your sight, then they do something to your tooth, and in your in your tooth socket, they let some nerves grow. I don't know what it is. It's like they oh, do something was... with your tooth, and they implant some some mouth tissue into your eye socket. Yeah, it was yeah. complicated. I forget what it was, but then they end up putting the tooth in your eye hole and then drilling a hole in it, and you can see through it. I don't know how it works. I don't know. <laughs> That is very much like when you drive by a beater car and they welded like a pop can onto the exhaust. Right, right. right. It has a weird look to it, but that's like a miracle of science. I've been thinking about that all day. It's like, just things like you think that you can't get that back, but apparently you can. It sounds very similar to uh, snakes and frogs and some other animals have, uh, I don't remember what it's called, but they've got that, that sort of spot on top of their head and they can kind of see through it. Yeah, right. Just think about that. Just sometimes. I wonder if we have anything like that. I think that we have senses that we're not aware of because it's, you know, we get told that there's five senses. There's like dozens of senses. Right. There are so many senses that humans have, and I think that we have rudimentary senses for things that would be considered to be uh, magical or ESP. Right. Just the phrase extrasensory perception just means you can perceive something if you don't taste it or touch it. Yeah, right. It's like a different sense of that, yeah. Yeah, well, there we have a lot of those, man. Have you heard of proprioception, which is your ability to know where your body parts are, even if you don't see them? Sure, yeah. That's a different sense. There are lots of different senses that do not have to do with our five uh, Sesame Street senses. Right. <laughs> Licking and looking and smelling. <laughs> I'm sure if we really think about it, we could name all five. I forgot the last one. Who cares? <laughs> You know, on the topic of, like, getting a new tooth eye installed or whatever, axolotls, aren't they, like, indestructible? Like, they will regenerate stuff, right? I know very little about it, but there's something funky about axolotls that let them regenerate, yeah. Okay, so an axolotl does not heal its body by getting scarred up. It will just grow back the limb or appendage that they lost. So they can regenerate their tails, their limbs, central nervous system parts, and eyes and hearts and everything. They can even restore parts of their brains. Now that is something we need. We need to figure out how they're doing that. I think, you know, there's so many people out there like investigating, like we talked about this recently that scientists are basically limited by their grant money. And that also a pharmaceutical company is not gonna pay a scientist to come up with something to make a human like regenerate their limbs and stuff. Right. Pharmaceutical companies, unfortunately, profit more when we have to keep coming back for more olive at 2 a.m. Right. <laughs> I'm back for my lifetime treatment of what you want to give me. Right. And so if a company can sell you something, say metformin, you know, glucophage, mm -hmm. uh, if they can sell you that for the rest of your life or they can sell you a statin for the rest of your life, well, that makes them a lot more money than doing something once that enables your body to regenerate and properly produce, mm -hmm. uh, you know, insulin or, or, you know, reduce the amount of cholesterol it's generating or whatever, right? Right. I think 
think it would be great if people could regenerate their brains and their eyes and their hearts. Those are like three things that it's really hard to fix. They're finding out, for example, that soccer players just playing a casual amount of soccer, like just playing league soccer, will give you enough brain injury to make you do worse on all tests. Yeah, yeah. And you can't make it through high school football Spoiler alert, you can't make it through high school football without mild brain injury unless you're bad at it and you don't play. Just like being bad at your job, it turns out being bad at football is actually better. Right, right. Being, I think I told you that. Being bad at your job is a great way to drain money out of capitalism while providing as little benefit to it as possible. And being bad at football, hey, you stay on the bench, you stay safe, brother. Right, right. So not only can axolotls regrow stuff, but they can accept transplants of body parts from other axolotls. So you could have an axolotl <laughs> without an eye. You could take another axolotl's eye and stick it in the other one, and he'll just go, zoop. Do you think they organize that themselves, or do you think we're doing that? Probably. It's probably us, yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) They've done that with eyes and parts of brains and all kinds of stuff. They just plop them over, right? And they also will repair a damaged limb while regenerating another limb. Yeah. So sometimes if it hurts its leg, it'll have two legs in that spot. (laughs) So it's not necessarily a smart process. (laughs) Right, right. So they'll have like an extra appendage and they say that that makes them attractive to pet owners as a novelty. So it has four legs. So Uh it's like a salamander. I mean, it is a salamander. Sure. Maybe it's just a snake that rolled up some extra legs and is having a problem. That's what I'm saying. Is if it if it damages its leg and then it grows a new leg out of the damage hole, but then it also fixes the leg so it's got like two right front arms. But that's like, I mean, it would be able to use those. Yeah. I wonder how much you can get it to regenerate. Like, could you make two axolotls out of an axolotl if you went carefully enough? That's like the dollar bill theory. Like everybody... <laughs> Like, I'm sure all kids have this idea when you find out that, like, you can take a dollar bill that has the corner torn off and and bring it to a bank and get a fresh one. And they they send the old one to the treasury to destroy it, right? Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. And there's some percentage, it's like 51% or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. If you have over half of the dollar bill, well, you can, like... (laughs) Everybody's brain starts working about like, okay, how do I tear off enough of other dollar bills? And I mean, you could do it with $20 bills, right? To make it worth your time. $100 bills to make it very worth your time. I absolutely. (laughs) Now you're rich. You would be rich. Benjamin Franklin was on the bill. Benjamin Franklin, if you heard our episode about him, embezzled $100,000 from the government, which at the time was worth more than $100,000 now, 375 years later, mm-hmm. however long ago that was. Mm-hmm. So uh, he he's on the $100 bill. He would approve it. I think if you take one axolotl, and I'm saying anesthetize the axolotl. Sure. You don't... This is like a thought exercise. Yeah, not yeah. axolotls. Yeah. I think if you start with one, I think it's not going to work. I think if you start with like six axolotls and you just get a little bit from each one. Oh, I was thinking like if you had an axolotl, do they have tails? Yeah, yeah. So like if you got an axolotl, maybe cut the tail in a way that makes it grow two tails. Okay. And wait for it to heal up and then like cut in between the two tails. And so it's like cuts one of the legs off. Oh, oh, yeah. And so then it cuts and then it grows a leg on both sides. 
Yeah. So you're thinking... Just slowly tease it up and let it grow itself out. Uh, that's exactly like when somebody grows a tree, but they keep bending it so it bends into a chair. Uh-huh. So that's what I'm going to do with my axolotls. I'm just going to have like a long-term torture project. <laughs> 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 Where I slowly pick it apart with the exacto knife until it's two axolotls. <laughs> Sounds a little dark, but you know where we are right now. I need to get my tensions out. <laughs> That's. I mean, I think Natalie. Honestly, I mean, it's it's really dark, but I think you speak for us all when you say, you know, when life is getting you down and things seem hopeless, there's nothing that picks you up like slowly torturing a salamander with an exacto knife. <laughs> oh my God. So the axolotl's genome has 32 billion base pairs. That's incredibly large. And we just talked about the other day uh, when we talked about the ginkgo. Mm -hmm. what, what were we talking about? I think that was our personal life. I don't think that was on the podcast, but you did mention that the ginkgo had crazy amounts of genes in it. The, the ginkgo biloba tree has like three times the genome of the human genome. The right. human genome is like three billion base pairs. Right. Ginkgo biloba trees have like 10 billion. And also, interestingly, ginkgo biloba trees just keep growing and growing. Sure. And like they don't have senescence. They don't have natural aging. I don't know off the top of my head if axolotls age, but if they have a, a genome that's 10 times the length of humans, there's got to be some funky shit in there. Right, sure. This ginkgo tree, how long does it live? Infinitely. Oh. If it doesn't get damaged, I mean, they have some... I mean, if you see really big, really old ones... Uh, Without documentation, you don't know. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you can cut a tree down and kind of look at the rings and be like, oh, yeah, that's the oldest tree ever. Whoops. So what would be the difference between like rejoining a universal consciousness and just perceiving for all of eternity? What would be the difference between that and like being a ginkgo tree? Well, I don't know what it's like to be a tree or I guess I should say I don't remember. <laughs> That kind of sounds sweet. I think maybe I'd like to be a ginkgo tree. Just like chill and just perceive it, man. And live forever as a tree. That's like very chill to me. Watch the passing of ages from inside your log. <laughs> the one thing I like about trees when I think about them is, you know, as humans, we grow protein that sort of exudes out of our body and then you know we cut it off or it falls out or whatever you know our hair and nails and the trees grow uh what amounts to uh dead wood in the middle uh -huh. i mean it's like it's not <laughs> it's not dead dead but it's like you know when you learn as a kid that your your fingernails are not living cells themselves they're just like protein exudate right mm -hmm. so i mean you your life as a tree is really like the inside of that is kind of your fingernail so your life as a tree is actually more of a cylinder yeah yeah just a cylinder you are the coat around the log and the log is dead and just keeps getting bigger and bigger <laughs> I mean, everybody thinks of being a tree as being this strong, thick thing, and you can retreat within yourself. No, you can't. Those are no longer your cells. Yeah, yeah. You're just outside of it. You're just in between the outer bark and, and the inner wood. You're just... 
Where are you in, in your person? Just some thin layers and, you know, where are you in your person? We've talked about that as well. Right. I mean, how do you know that you're not just on outer outer coating of it? You don't know that. You you're not better than be... a tree. <laughs> it's entirely possible that your consciousness is actually located in your skin. Your skin, of course, is the biggest organ in your body. Mm-hmm. Well, your bones are structural. Now your bones are living. We talked about bones before. You've got your bone marrow and you've got these cells in there that are that are generating. And you know, your bone marrow turns over and it has all these functions and stuff. But uh, that could be like your, your log. Right. You are really, if you think about your bones, you are really just kind of the covering on the logs. Right. You're the corpse suit on the bone thing. <laughs> so, okay, so here's the thing, okay? I would probably consider myself to be an animist. Isn't that someone who thinks that everything is somebody? Sure, sounds right. I think that's probably, like, how I feel about things. And that, but, you know, you think about it, we're people. A dog's a person, right? Yeah, I think so, sure. All the animals. Obviously, all the animals uh-huh. are guys, right? Yeah. So, if all the animals are guys, then all the fish and bugs are guys. Yeah. Right? Sure. Then all the trees are guys. They're the, alive. Uh, the trees are guys. Yeah, All the plants are guys. I would have gotten to the plants before I got to the fish. The plants? Yeah. The mushrooms are guys. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. The dirt is guys because it is made of all kinds of bacteria and all kinds of shit that is dead guys, right? Well, I would say the dirt is full of guys. Yeah. Uh-huh. So what is left? Just rocks? Are we going to say that the rocks aren't guys? Because the pattern has been established so far that all of, all of us are guys, right? And so the rocks are guys, too, obviously. Why would they not be? Just because we haven't perceived, like, the, the intellectual prowess or, like, the action of a rock doesn't mean that they're not doing something. Rocks have regular crystal structures. They probably vibrate. Rocks absolutely vibrate. So there you yes, go. Yes, they do. So the idea that people have based on crystals and crystal magic, you know, you cannot take a piece of amethyst and say, you know, this is healing to you. I I can't connect the two ends of that string to anything that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But you can look at the regular crystal structure of, uh, you know, a feldspathic mineral mm-hmm. and say, okay, so the atoms are regularly arranged in the structure. And yes, it vibrates naturally because they exist in this in this state at a certain energy level. And yes, the atoms in there are going to move around. As far as we know, and, you know, imagining things as particle physics, the atoms in that lattice are going to be moving around. They're going to be jiggling around, you know, as it as it gets too close to one, it kind of repels it and it kind of bounces off the other. And so the whole crystal is kind of shaking. Uh-huh. Now, if you see consciousness as something real, which a lot of people do, religious people sometimes say that people have souls. I think that's pretty common. Mm -hmm. And everybody likes to draw the line. It's just like the PETA billboard where all the way on one side, there's a dog and all the way on the other side, there's a cow. And everybody likes to draw the line and say everything to the left of this line uh, doesn't have a soul. Right, right. (laughs) Everything to the right of this line definitely has a soul, definitely needs to fucking work on it. Right. If consciousness is a fundamental force in as much as there's a global consciousness, then it's not much of a stretch at all to imagine anything that exists is conscious in the same way that you are conscious. I don't think that's a stretch at all. Right, right. So you cannot see consciousness 
what you see are electrical impulses of the brain and you can measure electrical impulses of the brain and here's as far as we've gotten we can stick you in a giant fridge machine of an mri and it uses an incredibly strong magnetic field and it measures like the deflection of the magnetic field or something like that to show uh your brain activity mm -hmm. to show your electrical impulses in your brain and say okay we told you to imagine the word violin and it lit up the language center of your brain we told you to imagine an old man playing a violin and it lit up the visual cortex of your brain. We told you to imagine the sound of uh, the violin in Canon and D by Paco Bell, right? Mm -hmm. And it lit up the auditory cortex of your brain, sure. right? But all you're seeing is like a cluster of activity. You cannot trace that out. There's no way to stick a person in a machine and view a single thought. Mm -hmm. All you've got is activity. So no, we can't directly perceive consciousness and we can't directly measure it. So I think it follows that minerals have consciousness. I think you can say that humans are tuning into more consciousness than a cat. Sure. I think you can say that a cat is tuning into more consciousness than a plant. And depending on the plant, that could be true. Sure. I think that when you look at mycelium from mushrooms, they've shown that it's capable of abstract thought and abstract messaging mm -hmm. to the point that they can actually send messages that are time dependent. In other words, if a mushroom sends ABC, it means something different than CBA. Right. Anyway, even looking at particle physics, there's the idea that physically or materially, the physical world is just fluctuations in a field of dark matter, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And if it's fluctuations in a field, then the field is everywhere. You could have material at any point anywhere. Right, right. Which means that everything is the same. Right. And if you're the same as anything else, then you're as conscious as anything else. Right. So, like, what I'm saying is that consciousness is, like, the basic thing that exists over the entire universe, right? I don't think that everything has a soul. I don't think that a soul is real, but I think that consciousness is like the thing that covers everything that everything plugs into. And so it is like if you plugged in a hairdryer to a wall outlet, it would do hairdryer stuff. If you plugged a radio into the outlet, it would do radio stuff. Right, yeah. If you plugged a computer, it would do computer stuff. If you plugged a refrigerator into it, it would do refrigerator stuff. It is all just totally different stuff that is using this universal force to do what its meat car is designed to do. Well, I think the axolotl is doing axolotl stuff. Right, right. That's why you don't have to pet him. <laughs> I think you could communicate with an axolotl. I feel like if there's anything to be communicated with the axolotl, like if the axolotl needs to, to get any messages from you, I think it could. I think that the most an axolotl is going to be able to figure out in terms of communications between like myself and an axolotl, I feel like it would, after months and months and months of me feeding the axolotl, it is possible that it would be able to like figure out the connection of the big black blob approaching the cage or the tank and then food appearing. Yeah. I don't think that the axolotl would even be able to perceive me and understand what was going on. Oh, no, no. A dog, I think, could perceive you and be like, ah, yes, that's one of those guys. So the axolotl recognizes that something happens before it gets food. Mm -hmm. A chicken might see you 
and a chicken might know that you carry the food. Mm -hmm. So the chicken might follow you around. The dog would see you and the dog loves you. Mm-hmm. And the dog associates you with being fed and going on a walk and playing and get pets and all this other stuff, right? So obviously... In the universe, there's something that is more than us and things that we don't even associate with each other. There's a sapient being out there or or more than one or many or nearly infinite sapient beings somewhere in the universe in three dimensions elsewhere in space, maybe in extra dimensions in space and time that exist that are clearly perceiving things that we would have no idea how to even stick together. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Axolotl is perceiving a completely different world than you are. So I've only seen an axolotl once. I don't even know how big they're supposed to be. Up to its body? The, yeah, okay. the, the axolotl I saw once was in a pet store, and I felt kind of weird. Do you ever see an unusual animal in a pet store, and you're like, ooh, I don't know if you're supposed to have that. Yeah, right, right. Like, there's a pet store here that is a definite freak zone. And you go in, and it smells like a hell diaper. And there's just a ton. First of all, there's, like, bare wood everywhere. There's, like, pine boards straight from the hardware store. It's, like, got a gory look Mm -hmm, to it. mm -hmm. Like, it's been there a long time, but they just never bothered to do anything nice. Right. Which is definitely, like, snake mode. But it is full of snakes. And then they'll have other shit. They'll have... Like fucking tarantulas. They'll have like those snakes with legs. That one will be like 1500 bucks. Mm-hmm. It looks like definitely somebody put that in their underwear when they came back from Cambodia or right, something. Right, right, Like they're not supposed to have this shit, but whatever. Uh, but they had the axolotl at the aquarium store. And I was like, man, that's cool as shit. But I do not think you're allowed to have that. Yeah. But it turns, but it actually turns out that because axolotls have become so endangered, like they're just, they don't live where they're supposed to live. There's no axolotls. There's hardly any left. Right. Like around Mexico City. So people taking axolotls and breeding them and keeping them alive, like in tanks, there's way more in captivity that are just living. Right, right. So actually the population of axolotls has been maintained in part by people keeping them as pets and breeding them. Right. So it's actually, for the species, it's good. Yeah, right. And considering that apparently nothing can happen to them, like they're pretty safe, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) If your axolotl gets injured, it just fixes itself. Right, right. Here's a question. Here's a dark question for you. If an alien species came down and did a bunch of stuff that caused the human race to get wiped out, like 99.9% of them wiped out, right? Mm-hmm. And then the aliens were like, well, we got these last ones. We got these last guys. We'll just breed them in cages. We'll bring them back. <laughs> would you think that you were, would, would you think it was beneficial to the human race? And would you feel truly free if you could only live in a tank, aliens taking care of you? You know, it's hard for me to answer Natalie because I do live in a tank, but I don't think the aliens are taking very good care of me. <laughs> I feel like I try very hard to do all my stuff that I want to do, but I don't think they're taking care of me. I don't even see a black blob that brings me food. I have to get the food. I don't know. I, I'm a big black blob and I bring you food sometimes, baby. <laughs> Oh, 
I mean, I, I'm just saying, like, I'm glad that people are keeping the axolotls afloat, but are they really having a good time? Do they really want to live in a tank and watch Duck Dynasty with you? I don't know. Does a person want to watch Duck Dynasty? Or I'm is just it trying just... to think who has axolotl. Some weird dude who watches Discovery Channel all the time, probably. 100% a weird dude. It's like not like a normal guy. Pet. No, it's not a nationwide insurance employee pet. Right, Corey Grella doesn't have an axolotl. No, and who could blame her? <laughs> She's... I feel like Corey Grella is still among the land of the living, like still being a human being and trying to help people with their insurance and stuff. Right. I think... She maybe has a cat. Yeah, that's like... Very normal. That's, you know, if you spend your days helping people, you might want to be like, come here, Mr. Whiskers, have some friskers. <laughs> Right. I feel like once you get to the point of owning an axolotl, it's just you've you've signed that contract. Right. Things have changed for you. They'll never be the same. <laughs> it's fine that it doesn't make you a bad person. It's just you're an axolotl guy now. Right. Not my problem. Right. Right. You should have thought of that before you bought that guy. The one I saw was maybe a few inches long. How big are they supposed to be? Between 15 and 45 centimeters, which is 6 to 18 inches, or like 4 and a half decimeters. <laughs> okay, well that's... <laughs> maybe the one I saw was like a baby or a teenager axolotl. Because right. the one I saw was maybe 4 or 5 inches. It was like a baby guy, like yeah. Yeah. He, I, I didn't like him. He was still bigger than I thought he needed to be. I saw him and I was like, that's an axolotl? Like in my mind, they were like those little frogs, like those little aquarium frogs, like just the little teeny guys. Oh, you thought they were like two inches long. You're I... holding your fingers like two. Now they're five inches apart. That's different. <laughs> that's like with the tail, right? I thought it was going to be like, that's with the tail and it has a long tail. Like you can pick it up like this. That's what I thought it was going to be like. You thought you could pick it up like you're holding your fingers like you're picking up a micro machine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, um, like, uh, like a sugar cube. Sugar cube. All of these references are dating me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm already dead. <laughs> uh, you could use those to pick up a small bottle of laudanum. <laughs> Just like, I thought it was like a little fella. Looks to me like you're winding your pocket watch. <laughs> We're just old. Fucking deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> Join us for our fireside chatter, don't. Well, <laughs> so axolotls are always like real smiley. Mm -hmm. They have like kind of a flat head. They always look like they're having a good time. It, so what's the what's the thing with their with their fringes? Are they gills? They have little fringes sticking out sticking out of their heads. Yeah, those are gill stalks, as you would expect. <laughs> Obviously. Um, so they have the stalks and they have gills that like are filaments, right? And so I guess they breathe through them. Is that what they do? If they're gills, it sounds like it, yeah. What? How weird is that? That's weird as fuck. And they're not even as tiny as they should be. I don't think other salamanders have their gills on little stalks. No. Um, they have vestigial teeth, which only develop if they go through metamorphosis, which is not common, I guess, because then they would not be axolotls anymore. Okay. But I thought an axolotl was... Axolotl meant that it never goes through yeah, metamorphosis. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So if it goes through metamorphosis, it's like it denies its fate of being an axolotl and it turns into a boring salamander. Okay. So... Axolotls will reach sexual maturity without undergoing metamorphosis. But if you want to, you can make them. You could... <laughs> 
inject iodine or thyroid hormones, and then they'll just uh, get some salamander now and then just do it. I... The axolotl story's over now. I guess that's okay if you're cutting them up with an X-Acto <laughs> knife to to duplicate your axolotl, well, what, what if I did this? What if I got my X-Acto knife, I did my project, <laughs> yeah, and then one of them, I kept him as an axolotl, and the other one, I shot him up with iodine. Now he's a regular salamander. Do you think that if then I made them look at each other, they would recognize each other? <laughs> 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 look at what I did, guys. <laughs> Kiss. <laughs> just think, I can do this just for the cost of one axolotl. This is half as much as most experiments cost. I think that I can do this over and over and then, like, start selling them, right? <laughs> I mean, it's clearly the end game with this. We live in a consumerist, capitalistic society. If I could swing it, one time with the axolotl project then in my business. After you do it once, then you've got two axolotls. I'll teach to... you how to do it. Then we're fucking really cranking them out. <laughs> once you duplicate your first axolotl, then we'll each have one to work on together. Yeah, right. I'll show you how to do it. So you just got to do the tail first and then wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think that's enough, baby. Don't go too far. <laughs> I thought, right? <laughs> That's how it's going to go. So when an axolotl undergoes metamorphosis, it does a bunch of physiological stuff that makes it so it can live on the land. Really? So it will get better muscles in its limbs. It will absorb its gills and fins. It will get eyelids. (laughs) And (laughs) it will not be nearly as permeable. (laughs) These are really significant... (laughs) These are really significant changes. Yeah. The eyelid thing, I think they're better without them. I like the idea of a very wise salamander talking to some axolotls and saying, when I was a child, my skin was porous. (laughs) My eyes lacked lids. Watch me blink. (laughs) Not having lids is part of what makes the axolotls have that look, a very happy look. Oh, yeah. I guess they can't blink so their eyes are always open they're always circles yeah that's why they seem more approachable approachable relatable (laughs) he's having a good day (laughs) both because if you go up to a salamander and its eyes are closed you're like "Ah, another day right do fish have eyelids do any fish have eyelids do do dolphins have eyelids Uh, dolphins definitely have dolphins have like eyelashes they have like eyelashes do they have eyelids and sleep with their eyes closed fish eyelids um you know there's there's uh, uh, multiple articles that say why don't fish have eyelids so i think that answers your question no yeah cause probably because they're in the water right did you know that an axolotl is over 1000 times more resistant to cancer than mammals that's actually surprising because you would think with their capacity to just regrow and differentiate tissue, you'd think they'd be cancer monsters, right, really. I think so, but I guess not. They don't get cancer. They just grow in their leg instead. What is the downside of being an axolotl? I guess it's no blinking. Somebody's, <laughs> somebody's always cutting you in half. The gill stalks. The gill stalks. Having, always having that dumb look on your face. Right, right. Not knowing where your food's coming from. <laughs> just a shadowy figure coming up to the tank while you just sit there and float aimlessly. Thank God you're not dead, though. (laughs) (laughs) Life of an axolotl. 
So an axolotl does not have any predators, really, except for carp and tilapia. Did you know that they also call an axolotl a Mexican walking fish? That is dangerously slur-like. Right, right. He doesn't even look like a fish. No, he's clear. he clearly has little fat legs. Right, he has little dumb legs. Little and... fat, rubbery legs and a smile. Have you ever seen a fish smile like yeah. that? Yeah, I would smile at a fish and he'd smile back. <laughs> You've been going to the wrong aquariums. <laughs> <laughs> When a female axolotl lays eggs, she does it in a protective cover. And they will do like 300 to 1,000 eggs at a time. And then they will hatch in about two weeks. And the young axolotls hit the ground running. And they're just independent on their own They just float off with their little jelly-like pink bodies. Right. Just like smiling the whole way. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> um, young axolotls, though, um, if they are born somewhere where there's not a lot of food, they'll eat each other. Yeah. But what does it matter? If, if I was an axolotl, I'd be really nervous about eating another axolotl. You think so? Because you, like, bite your tongue when it happens and suddenly merge together and... Oh, yeah. Big time the fly energy. Yeah, right, right. Like, how many axolotls could you put in one axolotl? It's like, there's a lot of philosophical questions revolving around axolotls, and I, I'm glad we got to touch on them today, because I'll be honest with you, I didn't know very much about these guys. I thought they were their whole thing, and it turns out it's just a fucking salamander that never grows up. Right, what did you learn about them today? Actually, kind of a lot. Right, I did too, I'm surprised. I'm glad I, I didn't, learned something I didn't, know they were, I didn't know they were so big. I didn't know they were porous and could never blink. They're weird little baby monsters. Right. And you can, unlike a gamer or an incel, you can force them to grow up. Right. <laughs> All you need to do is shoot them up with some iodine. Maybe that's the thing we're going to do with America. We're going to go door to door. It's a little iodine. Iodine. Hello, Braden. <laughs> knock, knock, Tyler. <laughs> Here with your iodine. Who is it? Oh, it's me. It's Green Pepe. <laughs> I'm your favorite guy. I'm looking for my friends. <laughs> Natalie, if there was one place in Ohio that had axolotls, where do you think that Harlem would be? Harlem Township. Harlem Township. They got wet there. Absolutely. It's wet enough. Uh, you know, hey, hot in the summer, cold in the winter, but what are you going to do? It's Ohio, and Harlem Township is certainly the best of Ohio. Yeah, right. Last I, good thing in Ohio. Boy, I'm glad we got one thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we could have zero good things. True. In a state where uh, I think 10 counties out of 88 just uh, outlawed wind and solar power. <laughs> yeah, you love it. Uh, Harlem Township, a beautiful place. You can have wind power. You can have solar power. You can have axolotls. I think the axolotls could live outside probably six months. Sure. Maybe seven months of the year. Hey, things sure. are warming up. They Eight months. They could suck it up and do the whole year. They could do, what are they going to do? Oh, they Suffer. Uh, they freeze. They suffer. So do us all. Right. You know, you freeze. We'll knock off the frozen parts after it's over. You could grow them back. It's not naked and afraid. It's naked and smiling. Right. If you die, I got an exacto knife. No big deal. <laughs> 
Well, hey, if you haven't yet, patreon.com slash garbagebrainuniversity, that's where you head to give us ideas for what to talk about. You request a topic, we will talk about it eventually. And Natalie, did anybody request today's topic? Aslano Speedboats. Thank you, Aslano Speedboats, for suggesting today's episode. Again, patreon.com slash garbagebrainuniversity. Sign up, 150 episodes you never heard yet, probably more by now. And thank you again for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. I love you. Goodbye.